Look how the stars turn on Look how the stars turn on Welcome to Season 2, Episode 12 of the Press Box in association with Zoma. There's no Craig this week. He's off enjoying himself supporting the Queen's economy. Well, despite this, I'm in safe hands myself because I'm joined by our own form of League of Ireland royalty in legendary former dock goalkeeper Alan O'Neill. Alan will be helping me look ahead to this Friday's game with UCD in Oriel Park, a game that I think it's fair to say that will be one of the lowest away supports of the season visiting the ground. Um, you know, this lack of support has led to many asking if the students should be in the league at all over the years. But Alan, who was part of the famous UCD squad, which pipped Shamrock Rovers to the FEI Cup in 1984, sees the benefit of the Belfield outfit. I caught up with him to reflect on that mem- memorable replay victory at Talca Park, to discuss the influence of the late Dr Tony O'Neill, and to hear how his brother Dermot is getting on as Dundalk FC goalkeeping coach under Stephen O'Donnell. Here's what he had to say. Like, you look back on that 84, and I think you were the first university club in Europe to reach a final, let alone win one. Um, It must have been really special times, because it was only really five years ago, or five years previous, that the the team had actually entered the League of Ireland. Yeah, it was a very, very strange time. Like, I had left Rovers, and uh, Dare McKeeley was the manager of UCD at the time. And they had decided, the doc had decided in his wisdom, that he was going to bring in some outside players into the college. They had they had some very, very good scholarship players. I think he had started the scholarships maybe five, as you say, five, six years previous. Yeah. So that, that was the background. It was about five or six really good college players, really good League of Ireland players, just like Martin Moore, Keith Dignam, Joe Hanrahan, Ken O'Doherty. Um, really, really good players. And then he, he brought in a few part-time pros, uh, as, as we call ourselves back then. Um, I joined Robbie Gaffney, uh, Paddy Dunning, who was a huge signing. And uh, he blended the two, the, both the scholarships and uh, the, the non, non-college players together. And we started off the league and we had a reasonable side. We, we ha- it was all based on our defence. Yeah. Um, we had a brilliant defence. But like we were going into unheralded territory. Like you didn't play in front of big crowds. Only if you played some of the bigger teams. Like the support at UCD was always small, but there was a hardcore of really passionate people attached to the club. A lot of them are still there. I, I remember Dick Shakespeare back then. You know, a lot of them still associated with UCD. So we started on, on our run, and lo and behold, we end up in in a cup final. Uh, all Bill, I mean, I think if, if you look back at our games, we, we conceded very little, very few goals. Yeah. All based on the defence, but then we had some good players out uh, out the field as well. Yeah. yeah. And we, we caused one of the greatest shocks in cup football here when we beat Rovers in the cup final of 84. And um, Rovers, who had won, beaten everything in front of them, who won the league, and it was the start of that great Rovers four in a row side. Um, but... I mean, it was just unreal winning the cup with UCD, and then the celebrations that that happened afterwards. Like, 
I mean, I, I can recall the celebrations when we won with Dundalk. You were winning it for the whole town. Yeah. It was just, I can remember arriving at Bridge Street that time we won the double in 88. Phenomenal scenes. But people who wouldn't necessarily be step foot in Oriel Park, they would be aware of Dundalk and support Dundalk. Whereas you compare that with UCD, where college people attached to the college, so a very, very small group of people. But so passionate about it, and the celebrations we had were unreal. I remember we visited a judge's house. He put up a, um, a celebration for us, uh, and uh, it was just unbelievable stuff. You know, it was great, great times and great memories. Yeah, yeah, and it was incredible because I, I think the, the that was your fifth year in the league, as they say. But yeah. the, fir- the first four seasons, like the team had finished no higher than twelfth. So yeah. to go from that, I know as you say, the policy changed and the likes of Paddy Dunning came in, Robbie Lawler, Robbie Gaffney, yeah. Frank Devlin and that. And, and maybe the, the younger lads at UCD had sort of been maturing. But, you know, it was it was still an incredible feat. And... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then in, take, add into the fact that Dermot, Dermot Keeley started as manager at the start of the season. During the course of the season, they didn't see eye to eye himself in the dock. He went... T.O. and the Doc got back together again as the, the management team. And who do we meet in the final? Only Dare McKeeley playing for Rovers. Like, just had all the recipe. It was Riot or Rover stuff, really. Yeah. But um, he, the Doc, this was all about the Doc. The Doc set up his, his dream in the, in the late 70s. I mean, he was a pioneer of university football and he wanted the university football in the league. And uh, he, he was a man way ahead of his time, too. Like, he. He had great belief in in the uh, the foreign the European coaching. He'd bring coaches over to put on sessions in UCD, <clears throat> German coaches and Dutch coaches, and he used to lap it all up himself. Like the, there's this view of the doc of being just an administrator. He wasn't just an administrator. He knew his football too, and he put on sessions and put on really good sessions himself. And then there was a great combination between him and Theo. Theo had the the history of playing in the league, had the knowledge of playing. So they were a great double act together. But uh, yeah, and then so he set up his scholarship scheme, and he was bringing as as is, is the case now. UCD started to give lads a chance in the League of Ireland, university students, lads who mightn't have got the chance before. And uh, it's become a hotbed down through the years. So many players have started their career in UCD and gone on to have really, really good careers. That's great testimony to what the doc set up in the in the first instance and has been carried through by um, the likes of Dick Shakespeare and others. Um, Tony Sheridan's another one that springs to mind. They're the ones who brought it all the way through to where they are now. Yeah, Still doing the same. They're still producing players, really, really top players. Yeah, and if you look at uh, like the current the dog team to bring it just to present day, I mean like you've Andy Boyle, Robbie Benson, Greg Sloggett, Keith Ward, Paul Doyle, Dave McMillan, they all came through there. Absolutely. And I think I think Brian Gartland even studied there. I'm not sure if he played, but he was definitely there at a stage. So it's it the influence it has on the league when you factor in like the most recent Absolutely. league winning captain was Ronan Finn, who was another yeah, UCD lad. Another graduate. UCD lad, you know. I, I mean it's it's been major and and I do hear people say, you know, UCD should be in the league. They don't have a huge support. Their contribution to the league has been huge huge since like going back now 40 50 years nearly 40 45 years it's been a huge contribution to the league to the development of the league and you know i i would i never have much time for people who come out with them statements yeah. i think they still have a major role to play and, and they do it very very well 
And it's so important for these young lads because I suppose the team you were part of, I suppose Ken O'Doherty went over to Crystal Palace. Yeah. Uh, Hanrahan went over to Man United. And yeah. like you're getting your education. So like great if you kick on and have an amazing career over there. I think that's what most young players aspire to. But if Absolutely. you don't, you're set up for life in another way. And and both the both them two lads you mentioned are set up for life, you know. Yeah. I only play, I only played golf with Joe there last year. Uh, he works for a financial company company and like he's he has as you say, he'd always got this 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 uh his other career to fall back on. Uh, his education and his career and he's done really, really well about out of it. A lot of the lads playing now today, they're I suppose inverted cameras uh, commas full time professionals. And they're earning reasonable money now. But at the end of their career, what have they got to fall back on? And that's what I do worry about, uh, a lot of these lads. What have you got to, to, to fall back on uh, when your football career is over? Or if the most unfortunate thing happens and you get a bad injury and you have to stop. So, like, it's it's a totally different scenario. And I think UCD have played a huge role in the development of these players, mm-hmm. both on and off the pitch. Uh, reading between the lines and with with the talk of maybe a third tier coming in eventually like you'd like to see more college sides enter that like uh, even here we've obviously the doc it but you look at minute and different places like that you'd like to see them you know more of them and you know it is i agree with you and i'd like to see it down in galway i'd like to see it in cork in limerick you know these are the, i'd love to see the provincial teams when i was playing we went to Galway. We played against Galway teams, passionate teams who were playing for Galway. Go down to Limerick United and you were playing against them. Go down to Cork. I mean, the fact that none of these uh, centres, none of these cities have teams in the in the Premier Division at the moment is, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very sad. Yeah. Now, these were a hotbed of, of soccer down through the years and they've no Premier team. And I think something like that can only help them. If they do, if the university teams are set up in these locations, it would feed into them. I mean, look how is UCD fed into the likes of Rovers, the likes of Dundalk, the likes of Bowes. They've all fed into them. You know, they've all picked up play- players and they've, they've gone on and developed their careers on the football field. Yeah, yeah. And particularly, as I say, when you go across the water, I know like Jamie McGraw was a recent example. He went to Manute, obviously, but he got his degree before he went over. So while we all hope he kicks on at Wigan and obviously he's been capped by Ireland and stuff he does have that fallback option absolutely like you think about going back years ago and even currently there's still there's well not so much now but you know 15 16 year olds going over and throwing all their eggs in one basket to become a professional footballer yeah. and if you if you if there were stats done the numbers who actually progressed and got a career out of it are very the percentage would be very very low who would get the full career. And these lads have had to come back and try to fight careers without having the education. Some of them have gone back and gone to, uh, gone to college, but it's, it's it's a huge ask. And I think it's it's the best way for, for players. If you have something behind you, get your degree, get your education, then go if you're good enough. And I think that's a big thing now in the league. Because it's a, such a younger base, uh, the players, the, the age levels. When I was playing, the average age, I'd say, was about 27, 28. Yeah. Now it's much, much younger. So, um, you know, it's it, it gives them the opportunity. If they go over, if they're good enough now, 
uh, in early 20s to get over. And how many of them have gone over recently? You know, a good few of them have gone over and got careers and they have their education. And I think that's huge for them as individuals. Yeah. Well, Lieb Scales is the most recent example, like, of a UCD player, I suppose, who's gone across, albeit via Rovers, to yeah. Celtic now. And he's sort of making his breakthrough there. So yeah. it, it, it is, as you said, like, they mightn't bring, um, shall we say, spectators to the to the league but they do bring out good players and they absolutely. educate people in the process you know absolutely and I, as you say they're bringing good players which is only to the benefit of the league but they're bringing through good players who are benefiting themselves as well because they have an education behind them yeah yeah how, how did you come to use it was it a, i'm glad to be it was a sort of mix up with johnny giles at the time or something was oh it no, just... no 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 <laughs> no 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 johnny giles had long gone well no he hadn't gone he had just left and jim jim mclaughlin had taken over at rovers and initially myself and jim didn't see eye to eye and uh, i was made available and derma came in and signed me for ucd i haven't said it, I, this is a long documented story myself and jim and I know he's not too well at the minute, but we've been great. We, we've been great friends after that. That was yeah, all history, yeah. water under the bridge. But at the time, these things happened in football. And so I ended up in UCD and then ended up playing against Rovers in the the, the cup final of 84. I'd only left the previous eight, in, in 83 at the start of that season. Yeah. But as I say, it was because of the doc had decided he wanted to bring in some outside players. He wanted to be more competitive in the league. He was producing good young scholarship players but they hadn't got the experience and that's how I ended up there and it must have been seen as a gamble though at the time for you because you know when you leave Rovers probably yeah. at that stage nearly a lot, a lot of things are a step down but yeah. UCD oh yeah no absolutely and as it turned out Rovers went on to win four leagues and three cups so I did miss out in that way but for my career for my development as a player I had to go I'd been playing in the league four or five years at that stage no, probably longer. I was what it was eighty three, so I made my debut in seventy seven. So it's what six, seven years in the league. Um, so it was a case, uh, and I'd been playing for hours, and I'd been first choice. And but now it was an, uh, I had to go and uh, uh, prove myself all over again. I felt I, had, you know, I'd done well at Rovers, but I had to prove. You had to, if you went to UCD, you had to prove yourself all over again. So it was a huge challenge at the time. And yes, it was. Many people would look upon it as a step down, but for me, it was an opportunity. Yeah. And Dermot at the time, Dermot Keeley, Dermot was the big seller for me. Uh, he, he he just sold the whole thing to me. I hear these lad players say, oh, the manager sold to me. But Dermot was so passionate and kind of, yeah, I wanted to be part of this. This could be something. It could be. And it was an opportunity for me. And, you know, it lasted two years. It only lasted two years. Um, the doc then decided, like, he was paying a good few players and it, financially it wasn't viable for him yeah. so uh, he had to pay money to sign me I do know that at the time from Rovers but uh, fair dues to him because of the contribution the players made to him he gave all the, the part time players free transfers so that's how I ended up in Dundalk then um, Torla came in for me then at Dundalk because I was free Yeah, and uh, that's how it, that, that's how that, that all came about Yeah. so like in that regard it was you know because I know you Think so highly of your time at the dock. It was a great oh, stepping stone. Is a, probably wrong word, but it was a you know it, everything happens for a reason. I suppose. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You know, like I can look upon it. I was, if you like, discarded by Rovers, and within three years, uh, Jim was picking me for League of Ireland teams. I was playing in the Olympic teams. 
Uh, and then I got a call up for the international team when I was at Dundalk and UCD. So like, you know, <laughs> you look, I look back and say, yeah, well, the Rovers won four in a row, but would I have changed my career? Would I have had the opportunity of going up to Dundalk to, to, to a whole new setup, to be at UCD, a whole new... So, like, you look back in life, as a, it's about swings and roundabouts, and it worked out for me. I can look back and, yes, I missed out maybe on four leagues, but I won two leagues with Rovers. I won a cup at UCD. I won a cup at, at Dundalk. So, like, you know, it was good. I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, and that, uh, that UCD team, obviously, when you won the cup to go on and play Everton... Um, oh. who, who went on to win the, Europe, the, the Cup Winners' Cup that year. And I think Howard Kendall went on record as saying you were as tough as opponents, like nil-nil in the first leg. And yeah. then only a, a Graham Sharp goal in the second leg. One-nil. One, yeah, we did, when they went on to win it and we held them to the closest score of all the ties they played in. Um, beat, I think they beat, I can't remember who they beat in the final, but they went and they won it convincingly. But we were one shot away from putting them out. Uh, there's a great story, there's a couple of stories that we nearly, we nearly equalised in Goodison Park, which if we had of, we would have gone through. Yeah. But like we, in Goodison Park, I think we ventured into their half, in the second half particularly, about three or four times. One shot went over the bar and that was the closest we came. But like it was a great experience. And again, it added more to, you know, you were talking about the romance of, what was it like to win the cup with UCD? This was another. This was another step. You know, here was UCD uh, playing in the European Cup Winners Cup against Everton, who had won the league. I think they'd won the league. The, no, they hadn't won the league. They'd won the cup the previous year. But the, but that season they went on to win the Cup Winners Cup and the league in England. Yeah, we're competing and, at that and level. The cup fi- an FA Cup final as well. Like they almost yeah. did the the treble. Yeah, great times. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, incredible. And I suppose the, the, the big one was um, early in the cup run, as big a shock as the Rovers win in the final was your 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 beating of Sligo Rovers, who were cup holders at that stage. They they were, what, you were 3-1 down after 55 yeah, so minutes. That's the only time we conceded goals. So, yeah, we, we drew three all over there. Yeah, but you were 3-1 uh, we were down after 3-1 50. down, Kemp. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we, we came back to to draw three off. I think I think we won convincingly then on the replay. Five five nil. Frank Devlin got. I think Frank got three or four that day. I can't remember, but it was five nil in the replay. Yeah. I remember we played Water from the semi final, beat them one nil, and then we beat Rovers two one in the the replay. The first game in in Daly Mount was a dreadful game. Yeah. I remember it so well. The pitch in Daly Mount was bone hard, and they tried to water the pitch the day before. And you could actually see the circles on the pitch where they tried to water it. Water it. It was just, oh, it was dreadful stuff. Dreadful game. But then the, the game in Tulker Park then was very exciting the following Friday night. And to win it so okay. late as well through Kenny oh, Doherty. At a time, yeah. Missed, a, missed time. a penalty earlier in the game as well. That's right. That's right. Jody saved it. Um, they got a penalty. We we took a, the lead. Johanan got a good goal for us. And then they equalised in the second half through a penalty. Ken missed the penalty just before half time that would have made it 2-0 and then uh, deep into out of time we got a free kick just inside their half everyone loaded forward and Ken towered above everyone and headed it in oh, mem- magic memories magic memories yeah yeah and it must be inspiring though for uh, as uh, like they do get a sort of negative press at times as you say but they 
every year there's a different sort of generation coming through UCD yeah. and some good players and I've no doubt some of the players we'll see Friday night will go on to have great careers be it here or wherever but you know it, it it's definitely as you say that they're, they're a worthwhile addition to the league absolutely and it's, it's a big attraction now to uh, UCD would be a big attraction to players you know young players you know because you get the best of both worlds lads who have done well and they're leaving cert who want to go on to university want to to learn as well as play football it's a great attraction and they're picking up players they're still picking them up left right and centre you know and you're right I've no doubt that there will be players who will be playing Friday night who will go on and have very successful careers in the League of Ireland but they'll also have that backup of having the education behind them yeah have you got to many matches this season yet or I haven't gone to any I've watched a couple on the box alright yeah. um, but I haven't gone to many now it's, it's I'm coming into the, the warmer months for me now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> But then I'm following it closely. Like it's it's going to be a, it's it's going to be a very interesting league, you know, with Derry on top now and Sligo up there. Rovers must be disappointed with their start to the season. Although I still expect them to come through with the squad of players they have. Um, Dundalk, I think, are probably in transition at this stage. Yeah, uh, haven't been at the top for so long and been so successful for so many years. There's always a transition period in every club, and if you look back through the league, that's the way it's been. You had Rovers, you had Cork, uh, it back a while as well, and you know that's the way it goes. It's it swings and roundabouts, and they're in transition, but I think they're in good, very good hands. Yeah, and I do particularly like the goalkeeping coach. He's really good. <laughs> I was just going to ask you that. Dermot's <laughs> back at the club, and, and yeah, he's loving it. Yeah. He's absolutely loving it. He loves the whole setup there, the professionalism, and he likes working with Stephen and everyone in the background. It's uh, yeah, he's he's loving it. And a nice mix for him too, like working with Peter Cherry, who's been around the league for so yeah. long, and a young lad as well at the start of his career. And yeah, Shepherd. exactly. Yeah, yeah, and no better man to bring him on than the, the young lad. It's a young Welsh lad, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No better man than Dermot to bring him on because he's been through it all, and uh, he's worked with Peter before when he was at Dundalk. I think yeah. when Peter was there previously, he's worked with him. Um, but uh, yeah, he's loving it. He's loving it. Yeah, I uh, know the mood. The mood around the club is a is an awful lot better than it was. But yeah, yeah it's... Or should, how could it not be? Like you know, the whole American experience. Holy God! It was when you read some of the stuff that was coming out, you just say this isn't for real. Yeah. So at least it's back in the hands of the people who love the club and want the club to want to take the club forward. That can only be a good thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, you did mention the doctor briefly, but just to give him a sort of bigger mention, obviously Dr. Tony O'Neill, but like yeah. he's um, obviously, I think it's 1999 he passed away. Yeah. But it's it's great to see his legacy sort of live on in terms of, he must be proud of what, you know, that the fact there is this, like even, you know, the as I mentioned, there must be half a dozen of the Dundalk squad on Friday night that are you know alumni of of UCD and yeah, that yeah. that's always probably what he wanted oh that's his that, that's his legacy there's no two ways about it the fact that UCD are still in the league and that they're still producing really really good players I'm not so sure he wanted them to go to other clubs though, <laughs> and be successful at other clubs he would have preferred to me for them to be successful at UCD but that I, I don't think that can happen I mean um, because it's, it's always young players and I know there's the old adage that applied to Manchester United back in the day. Young players don't win anything. But it's very, very rare. It's very rare. Yeah. But uh, his legacy will live on. And like what he did off the pitch as well, administratively, he was very good. He was very forward thinking in the League of Ireland as well. And he was on the FA board, uh, FA, the board of the FAI and became Secretary General 
And I think he didn't last long because I don't think he liked what he saw back then. Yeah. Uh, and he, he withdrew fairly sharpish and concentrated on what he, he knew best and what he loved. But he was highly thought of too in the on the UEFA front. I think he was part of the organising committee for the 2000 UEFA Championship. So like he was he was really, really highly thought of both here and in Europe. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's great to see that sort of you know, as you say, but it would have preferred to have Dort still at UCD, but yeah. you can't say that the UCD as a club haven't had a huge impact on the league. Absolutely. Going, you know, going across the, Mega. the Mega. board and long may that continue, I suppose. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, well, listen, that's brilliant, Alan. I've loads in that, but uh, it was great to reminisce about it anyway. Uh, I always enjoy a chat like that, James. Always. Yeah. <laughs> have you got a brand that's in the dark? Have you boosted a post or ran a campaign recently that you expected the sun, moon and stars from and got a packet of Milky Way magic stars instead? It's time you took your brand to an agency like Zoma, where we can give your brand all the therapy it needs to succeed. Book your free consultation with Zoma at www.zoma.ie today. By the way, Zoma are delighted to be supporting the Pressbox podcast. So before we go, just a reminder, the Dock Return to Action this Friday night when they host UCD at Oriel Park kickoffs at 7.45pm and once again it'll be on LOI TV for those who can't make it. Um, bit of a plug, I have a piece in the Argus this week with Adrian Taff who many will know from his commentary duties um, looking back on sort of how that all came about for him. So, uh, to maybe check that out in the in the build up to the game, um, just looking ahead to the match, just briefly, um, I think it's important that you know Stephen O'Donnell's side show an ability to bounce back after the disappointing defeat to draw the last time out. I think, with all due respect to Andy Wilder's side, I think this is the sort of game the Dock need to be winning, particularly on home soil, and it would you know lay down a bit of a marker for what is a busy month in April, seven games in total, and of course one eye on that sort of crunch game way to Pats the following week when it, it's on TV and I'm sure there'll be plenty of focus on the manager um, you know there's been some good performances so far some so-so performances I think the way they, they left it last time out against Strata I think as we discussed the last time the unbeaten run was never going to last forever but to for it to end without you know, much of a fight was a bit disappointing. I think it's important we probably show a bit more, uh, you know, potency in front of goals. You know, it's one goal in the last four, not good enough really. Um, there's only that one win so far against Finn Harp. So, I think it's a favourable fixture, but like any fixture, we can't take for granted. So, hopefully, a big crowd will get behind the lads on the night. It'd be great to see someone like Dara Leahy return, if not from the start, certainly involved. He's been out since the Malone Cup, but he did make the bench for the draw of the game. There's been two weeks of training, so hopefully that's brought him on, and hopefully it's brought everyone on. It's a, it's really a chance for them all to um to work on certain things. I know there was obviously. Joe Adams, Nathan Shepard and Dad Williams away with the Welsh under-21s, but the rest of them, um, you know, did a good train a week under the belt and, and even there was a friendly against Shelburne to finish two all. So hopefully that stands to the team. Um, but I think it's good to be back. I think we, we all missed uh, Oriel. But look, that's it from the press box uh, for this week. Thanks to Alan O'Neill for his time. 
thanks to our sponsor Soma and of course to you for listening until next time look out the stars tonight look out the stars